Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. I'm Michaela Stubbs. On the 17th of June, a beautiful sunny winter's day in Melbourne, a crowd gathered on the steps of the State Library in the heart of Melbourne for the Women Ban the Bomb Rally. And it was a fitting place to begin an international day of action and celebration of a nuclear weapons ban because the campaign that has led us to this point began right here in Melbourne with a small team of inspired and dedicated activists. By the time this program goes to air, more than 120 countries are expected to have adopted the first ever treaty to ban nuclear weapons. Despite a boycott by all nine nuclear-armed nations, the United States, Russia, Britain, China, France, India, Pakistan, North Korea and Israel. It was extremely disappointing that Australia chose not to take part, but very exciting that 129 countries decided to come together and take part in the United Nations Conference to negotiate a legally binding instrument to prohibit nuclear weapons, leading to their total elimination. Today you'll hear excerpts from speeches made and some interviews with those on the march recorded by Radioactive Show presenter A.C. Hunter, accompanied by music from the Riff Raff Radical Marching Band. I'm here with Viv Marlowe at the Women Band the Broad Rally. Tell me about why you're here today. Well, I'm here to support this um, the rally and banning the bomb without a doubt I don't know why anyone would support it I'm surprised there aren't bigger numbers here this is a really big issue Pine Gap, you know, nuclear testing in this country and you know, the nuclear threat at the minute it's um, everybody's business Yeah, so I'm here to fully support and march today with everyone who's also concerned Thank you everyone for being here today ICAM, the organisation that has been gathering civil society um, support across Australia, is in New York as we meet, going towards the final week of negotiations for a ban on nuclear weapons. Who thought that was possible? I know we all did, but it's now actually globally really on the verge of happening. There is no more delay. It's going to happen in the next few days. Now, this is, a, this is a, a rally which was um, supported and formed by women. Um, I'm really proud to be here today, not least because I am one of those women, but because women have had a long and strong history in the peace movement. Now, much has been done by the women's movement and many peace movements around the world, and that's why we're where we are today, um, right on the precipice of an international victory, which can only bring peace and stability to the world. And God knows we need it. Introduce our first speaker, Sue Coleman Hesseldine. Sue is a Cockatha woman and a survivor of nuclear testings here in Australia. Australia has a history in, in producing uranium and testing nuclear weapons. 
Sue has been an outspoken advocate for a ban on nuclear weapons and that governments take responsibility towards those communities who have been affected by the mining of uranium and the testing of those weapons um, across Australia. Sue has been um, to Vienna and has spoken to the UN about the effects on her community and her land by the actions of the nuclear industry. So I'd like to welcome Sue and thank her for coming today. Hi, thanks everybody for coming today. Um, you know, my name is Sue coleman Hazard, and I'm from Sejuna on the far west coast of South Australia, not far from Maralinga. Um, for more than seven decades, nuclear weapons have posed an intolerable, ever-present danger to all peoples and the planet as a whole. Because we are by these instru instruments of terror and mass destruction, we warmly welcome the United Nations negotiations for a treaty to ban them. We want to remind those drafting this important new treaty about the ongoing harm caused by the use of nuclear weapons and by more than 2,000 nuclear test explosions around the globe. Indigenous communities have borne the brunt of these deadly experiments. Our land, our sea and our culture, our communities and our physical bodies carry this legacy with us now and for unknown generations to come. Governments and colonial forces exploded nuclear bombs on our sacred lands upon which we depend for our lives and livelihoods and which contain places of critical cultural and spiritual significance. Believing they were worthless, they saw us as an expandable, offering little or no protection against the harmful effects of radioactive contamination. We were told that the explosions would benefit humankind, that they would make the world safer, but we learnt that was not true. We learnt that these bombs could only ever be a source of death, misery and destruction. We were never asked for and we never gave permission to poison our soil, food, rivers, oceans and indeed our bodies. We continue to resist inhumane acts of radioactive racism. The nuclear tests permanently dislocated us from our homes and disconnected us from our traditional way of life. Future generations will never know be able to enjoy and live off the land and the ocean in the way that our ancestors had done for thousands of years before the mushroom clouds descended. In pursuit of ever-deadlier weapons of mass destruction, the authorities have subjected our peoples to epidemics of cancers, chronic illnesses and congenital abnormalities. They have treated us as guinea pigs, in some cases denying us access to ad adequate medical care and even our own medical records. The mining of uranium, the first essential step in the production of every nuclear bomb, has also taken a terrible toll on indigenous communities in many parts of the world. Tailings and other nuclear wastes that remain toxic into eternity have been dumped on our lands and in the ocean against our will. In some countries, our traditional lands are undergoing ongoing pressure to be the solution to the world's nuclear waste problems. As a result, we have experienced immeasurable pain and heartache. We have lost many loved ones. We have lived with the anguish of not knowing what impact the unleashed radiation might one day have on our children and grandchildren. Our suffering cannot be undone. Our lands can never be fully restored. Some of our customs will never be revived and will forever remain disrupted. But we hope that in this new treaty ban to ban nuclear weapons, governments will at last acknowledge and make 
reputations for the harm inflicted upon Indigenous peoples, communities, lands and sea. We hope too that governments of the day will recognise that Indigenous peoples' rights matter, as do the rights of all victims of nuclear bombs everywhere. In solidarity with the people of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we insist that you do everything in your power to ensure that no one else ever suffers as we have. We must ensure that there is a safe nuclear-free future because I know that the future is not ours. It forever belongs to the next generation. And to the Australian governments, I say shame on you. Hang your head low. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast across the country via the Community Radio Network. And that was Sue Coleman-Hasseldean, a Guggathamula representative from Saduna, who was fresh off the plane from New York, where she presented at the conference. And among the substantive revisions to the text that have been made during this process is the addition of a new paragraph 6 to Article 7 regarding international cooperation and assistance, and it reads, Without prejudice to any other duty or obligation it may have under international law, a state party that has used or tested nuclear weapons or any other nuclear explosive devices shall have a responsibility to provide adequate assistance to affected state parties for the purpose of victims' assistance and environmental remediation. Let's go now to some more of the speakers at the Women Ban the Bomb Rally. Now, I'd like to invite our second speaker, um, Senator Janet Rice. Janet is an Australian Green Senator for Victoria in our federal parliament. Um, she's been a campaigner and community activist for decades across forest, climate, transport, and human rights issues. And like her other Green colleagues, Janet is a passionate advocate for a global ban on nuclear weapons, no nuclear power and no nuclear mining in this country. So put your hands together. Thanks for Janet Rice. Thank you. Thank you. And it's so great to be here. I do want to begin by acknowledging that we're on the traditional land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and to pay our respects to their elders past and present and through them to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and to acknowledge that we are never going to have peace with ourselves here as a country until we, until Aboriginal people of this country have justice and that we have treaties and, and they have sovereignty. It was... And it was so moving to hear Sue's words, to think of the Indigenous peoples who were affected by the nuclear tests, who really suffered in the most extreme way from the, der- from the doctrine of terra nullius, their land taken away from them and poisoned for all time so that they can't return. I visited Pine Gap for the first time just last month. I felt a bit embarrassed to acknowledge that. I should have been there years and years and years ago as part of all the protests, but for the first time just last month. And it was part of our Australian Greens National Congress that was held in Alice Springs, and there were a group of about 50 of us. We were there at sunset, and I was there with my Senator colleagues, Scott Ludlam and Lee Rhiannon. And it was very moving to be there at Pine Gap, or at the gates of Pine Gap, which is, of course, as close as you get to it, to hear Scott talk about how Pine Gap is just evidence of how we are joined at the hip with the United States and their obscene military domination over the world, including that nuclear um, capacity, that domination over the world. It's really easy to feel completely disempowered 
by the, the nuclear powers and the nuclear weapons and the, the whole nuclear industry in the world. So to be here, to have that sense of empowerment of being together is a wonderful thing. And I really salute ICANN because it was ICANN, they were founded here in Melbourne 11 years ago. So congratulations, Drive Hand. And so I really congratulate and salute ICANN for leading the charge to be building the movement that's resulting in 130 nations currently negotiating for a new treaty to ban nuclear weapons. It's absolutely amazing work. And of course, it is incredibly sad that Australia is not participating in these negotiations. Absolutely, shame. In early May, my colleague Scott Ludlam questioned the government in the Senate. And Scott asked, why would the Australian government boycott negotiations to ban these weapons? Why would the government boycott negotiations to finally have these weapons accepted and understood to be illegal? Illegal tools of genocide under international law. The government, of course, didn't answer these questions that Scott asked. But I think we can hazard a guess as to why. It's something to do with our relationship with the US government as evidenced by our willingness to have a top-secret US base right at the heart of our country, which we of Australia have no knowledge, let alone any say, of what goes on there, which would play a crucial role in the deployment of nuclear weapons. So our lack of involvement in these negotiations for a nuclear weapons ban is, I'm sad to say, just another case of when the US say, jump, we say, how high? And it's wrong. It's immoral. It takes us to the brink of existence. I'd like to introduce our next speaker, Caroline Lambert from the International Women's Development Agency. Caroline is a long-time feminist human rights activist um, and she's currently heading up a newly established research and policy advocacy team at the International Women's Development Agency. So put your hands together and welcome Caroline here today. So thank you. It's such a delight to be here. It's such an important occasion. Um, I just wanted to acknowledge that we're standing today on the lands of the Kulin Nation uh, and I pay my respects to the leaders for their work under conditions of colonisation. In our neighbourhood, the story of resistance and struggle for a nuclear-free Pacific has been deeply affected by the colonial powers, the British tests in our own country and the French and US tests through the Pacific Island states. Then and now, Pacific women have led the way. From their lived experience of testing in their lands and oceans, the peace women of the Pacific birthed the nuclear-free independent Pacific movement. From then, long-time anti-nuclear activist Linda May Temutapatu speaks to us. Under our feet, under our lagoons and above our heads, how many times have our bellies suffered violations? From our islands and the countries that we love, I invite you to stand and move forward together for the liberation of the Pacific. In 1985, travelling to the Third World Conference on Women, the women of the Pacific called for the denuclearisation of our lands and our waters. No uranium mining, 
no nuclear testing, no establishment of nuclear waste, no nuclear-powered or armed warships, because we had heard our sisters from many different Pacific countries speak cancer and other radiation-induced illnesses and deaths which they have endured since nuclear testing began. We have heard of land being forcibly taken out of our use for people's living needs to be used instead as military bases and testing grounds and for weapons storage. We have heard of the radioactive contamination of the oceans. At present, and this was in 1985, there is an average of one nuclear test a week, each of which represents preparation and rehearsal for nuclear war. In 1995, when women of the world gathered for the Fourth World Conference on Women, the International Women's Development Agency Beneath Paradise Project worked with women in the Pacific to ensure that their voices be heard. As we gathered in Beijing, the French government conducted its first nuclear test in Meruawa. And Suzanne Unay-Small declared, you cannot separate the issue of nuclearization from colonization. In the rallies of the 80s and the 90s, we would call out, if it's so safe, dump it in Tokyo, test it in Paris, store it in Washington. As the negotiators gather in New York this week, our sisters at Femlink Pacific call on non-nuclear states to take the lead to create a world safe from nuclear weapons, their use, storage or threat of use. The humanitarian consequences of nuclear weapons affect all peoples and countries in the world. We have the right to determine nuclear disarmament and change security concepts from deterrence to the elimination of dangerous nuclear weapons. A new legal instrument prohibiting nuclear weapons for all countries is essential and it should be agreed upon even without the participation of the weasel states. So to our government and the others sitting outside the negotiations, we say banning nuclear weapons is a wish that cannot be denied. This is the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR and heard nationally thanks to the Community Radio Network. We just heard from Janet Rice and Caroline Lambert, and now we'll go to some interviews with those attending the rally. I'm here with Romina Beetson from CICD, and tell me about the rally today. It's great, isn't it, Makalia? We have um, quite a lot of people. And it's great to see them all here. And negotiations have already started the second round on the 15th of June and will continue next year. And hopefully by next year, we will have a treaty to ban nuclear weapons. Hopefully we will be free. But it is unfortunate that Australia hasn't been uh, participating in these negotiations. It is really shameful uh, because majority of um, Australians do support a treaty. And um hopeful that we will have a treaty at the end. And tell me about these fans that you're holding here. Yeah, um, Tristan is with me, Tristan McCandless, and two years ago for the 50th uh, anniversary of Hiroshima. Um, 70th? Yeah. 70th, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, these came from Hiroshima and Nagasaki yeah. um, a couple of years ago for the 70th anniversary of the, uh, the bombings of those two cities. So um, unfortunately this is as relevant today 
as they were back then. And one, it says no nukes on one side and yes, peace on the other side. And this is what we want. And women have always been at the forefront of the peace movement. What's your name? Margaret. Margaret. And what brought you to the march today, Margaret? Oh, my concern that the Australian government, particularly the Australian government, hasn't sent a representative to the United Nations to discuss the ban on all nuclear weapons. And I feel that that's uh, a great great political blunder on, on, on the government's part yeah. and very disappointing that people haven't taken up the cause today. Yeah. And I'm assuming this isn't your first march? It's not my first march. No. <laughs> well, as far as um, um, years ago, there was a very strong movement in Melbourne called the Movement Against Uranium Mining. Um, I can't remember exactly when that was, possibly the 70s. Anyway, yes, I've been involved for quite a while. Yeah, and I guess it starts there, doesn't it, with the mining, from well, mining through yes. the weapons and waste. Yes, and I don't think um, uranium is considered um, dangerous enough. And it lacks consideration of the First Peoples who've always said that it was a dangerous commodity to... I think that's remarkable that they've always left it in the ground. So, you know, my interest is from an environmental, from a human rights issue and recognising the wisdom of our First Peoples um, and just the um, responsibility of our government to uh, consider that we are not alone on this planet. So what is, what's yeah. your name? I'm Julie. Mark. Ooh, and what brought you here today? Well, I do food not bombs, so like half of our political agenda and that is, you know, giving people access to food rather than putting all the funding into nuclear weapons and war. I also do food not bombs, but I just stumbled upon this protest today. Oh, great. <laughs> Typical Melbourne. Yeah. And what's your impression so far? Uh, I think it's interesting. A lot of the crowd is a bit older because I think it hits home a bit more with people whose parents grew up during the Cold War or people who were alive during the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that, like, for young people it's less of an issue? They don't see, think about nuclear weapons? or. Yeah, it's not that it's less of an issue... I guess it's just something that in my lifetime it's just it's just always been known that nuclear weapons are everywhere like I'm from America you know, so growing up we learn all about all the times we bombed other countries so I guess it's just it's less surprising and less on our minds but I've also not been directly affected by it a lot of people here like I've heard a couple of people talking about people they know that have been affected by radiation yeah so it's just not yeah it's not something I've been directly affected by but it definitely affects everyone yeah. I mean <laughs> not just like you know us in Australia like you know the threat of getting a nuclear bomb on Melbourne like yeah. in our country but like you know, like I have friends from French Polynesia and they had like nuclear testing over there and they're still like coping with that like decades later. Like, yeah. 
Had you heard of the testing in South Australia and Western Australia? Oh, yeah, 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 that as well, yeah. My name's Talitha. Talitha, I'm AC. Yeah, and I'm noticing you're carrying us that mountain in the three feathers, so I'm guessing you're from New Zealand? Or I am from New Zealand, yeah. So from Taranaki? I'm not from Taranaki, I'm from Wellington. Okay, cool. So could you explain what your, um, what your banner means? Uh, well, <laughs> there were a community of Parehaka that uh, non-violently resisted the colonising of New Zealand um, because we have the uh, Treaty of Waitangi. Not many people know that there were communities that never signed it um, but held their own agency and tried to hold their own land farming it uh, and the New Zealand government consistently was taking people from the land um, and putting them in prison uh, but I think we just the reason why I'm carrying this banner here is that I don't think that we can separate uh, nuclearization and colonization as separate issues I think they're the same issue and when uh, the people at Parahaka were asked um, you know what they wanted <laughs> They'd say, ask that mountain, because the mountains are going to bear witness to the choices that we make and the choices that we need to make need to last longer than my life or your life or the term that you're in government. You need to be making choices that a mountain can bear witness to um, the outcomes of those choices. I'm here with one of the incredible initiators of the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, Dimity Hawkins. How does it feel at this time? It is such an exciting time. It's been such a joy to be in Melbourne today on a beautiful, bright, sunny winter's day, knowing that we are one of the first countries to be kicking off women's marches around the world. There's about 170-something events happening around the world, and Melbourne's one of the first ones. And it's all because a nuclear ban is on the horizon. I can't believe it. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. It's been a lot of work, a lot of people all over the world doing it, but it's great. It's great. What's going to be happening in New York this week? Well, this week in New York, they're going to be negotiating the, the, the fine wording on the text of the convention. So the draft text came out in March, or no, it came out in May, but from the March negotiations. And there's a lot of good in it, and there's a lot that needs finessing in it. And so the world's governments are coming together to negotiate on that, which is very, um, you know, detailed line-by-line kind of negotiations at the United Nations. Um, I've seen pictures and I've heard reports back from civil society people, and the civil society section at the United Nations is jam-packed, standing room only, people having so much input into this conference. So that's really great and really exciting, including Australian representatives there, like Karina Lester, but also ICANN peoples from Australia as well. So um, this week in the United Nations are going to be working really hard to get that text right, to make sure that the right things are in that convention so that we haven't got any loopholes for any of the nuclear cowboys to do their usual job of skipping through. And you must have had this vision in mind when you initiated this whole campaign, but what what has been surprising about the process or what has happened that you just couldn't have imagined? 
I, I remember when we first started and we would sit around together, you know, people like Dr. Bill Williams, who passed away last year, um, and, and Tillman and Fred Mendelssohn and all these sorts of different people in Melbourne who, were, who would sit around talking about ICANN. And we talk about the idea of a tipping point, that there's a tipping point for so many things, and they're sometimes unforeseen, these tipping points. You can't quite imagine them until they're happening. Um, so the fall of the, of, the, of the wall, you know, at the end of the Cold War, that sort of thing, uh, tipping points like that, and you, and you try to imagine that that's going to happen for, for, this, for this topic. Um, you know, after 72 years, you'd want it to be happening sometime soon, wouldn't you? But it was kind of... It was, yeah, it was a big ambition and a big hope, but it's amazing that it's actually here now. It's, it's kind of a little bit pinching ourselves. A lot of pinching ourselves has been going on the last few months. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your incredible work. Thank you. And thanks, 3CR. That's all we have time for today, but we'll be bringing you more reports on the nuclear weapons ban in upcoming shows. The final draft treaty requires all countries that ratify never under any circumstances to develop, test, produce, manufacture, otherwise acquire, possess or stockpile nuclear weapons or other nuclear explosive devices. It also bans any transfer or use of nuclear weapons or nuclear explosive devices and the threat to use such weapons. The treaty will be open for signature to all states at the United Nations headquarters in New York from 20th of September 2017. The Radioactive Show is brought to you by Friends of the Earth Melbourne's ACE Nuclear Free Campaign. It's produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri land, Fitzroy, Victoria, and is distributed nationally thanks to the Community Radio Network. Thanks to AC for recordings from the march. I'm Michaela and keep tuning into the Radioactive Show each week as our team brings you more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.